This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome back to Wrestling Omakase. It is episode number 136. And folks, uh, we're in the middle of quite the disaster here in the United States of America where myself and my guest are both located. Uh, I don't really know any other way to say it, but we're going to try to keep your spirits up while we try to keep our own spirits up and, you know, talk some Japanese wrestling, what little of it is happening (laughs) right now. And, you know, Hopefully, just keep, like I said, keep your spirits up. So, my guest is actually not the person I originally said over Twitter. Uh, Jack, unfortunately, could not make it. But Thomas, who I also had asked to do this episode, now you originally you said you couldn't do it. Then you were like, well, everything I was going to do got canceled. Whatever you had today on this Sunday, March 15th, got canceled, like everything else in this country except for bars the bars are still open don't worry about that <laughs> don't worry about but, that uh, <laughs> if you want to pile in to a fucking bar and get a motherfucking virus <laughs> the united states of america is here to help <laughs> but uh <laughs> but, but yeah bar everything other than the bars are uh are closed so i don't know what what were you doing today that you got canceled Tom? can you say it on the air uh sure yeah so i do writing for voice of wrestling but i also do uh college football and and the hoopy hoops, as you would call it on Twitter, John, <laughs> uh, college basketball writing. And so right now I should be um, in Greensboro, North Carolina, cover, or I guess I'd be on my way back at this point um, covering that, uh, the ACC basketball tournament. But obviously that got canceled a few days ago. Um, like Wednesday night I was um, sitting, you know, you know, watching watching the hoopy hoops. As, <laughs> and uh, no, and I got the some notification on my phone that we weren't going to be able to come back the next day. Um, you know, they were going to do essential personal only. And then the next day I found out it was just completely canceled. So a little sad about that, but I think it's probably for the best, all things considered, um, you know, 20,000 people cramping in an arena, you know, not the most sanitary place. (laughs) Probably Um, not. I mean, like, so you brought the hoopy hoops. I was, if people didn't see the tweet, I guess there's this guy, some fucking blue check mark, Trump loving fucking sports writer from Wisconsin, like two tweets down. He's like, yeah, Trump. 
about uh, the <laughs> stock market going up. Because man, if, if there's one, if there's one public official in the goddamn world who's just doing a great job at this coronavirus, <laughs> it's definitely Donald J. Trump. And I know we don't get political on the show very often, but folks, if you're listening to this and you are a Trump supporter, congratulations on zooming the entire country. Anyway, no, uh, absolutely. Anyway. I was, you know, before this week. Um, once it became clear Joe Biden was going to be the Democratic nominee, I was like, oh, well, four more years of Trump. And now I'm like, well, he might have fucked it up for himself. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Weekend of Bernie's might be able to do it. So uh, not not the good Bernie, but Weekend, <laughs> weekend of Joe. Weekend yeah. of Joe. Uh, David Hook said, he's like, so this guy, this fucking dipshit on Twitter, today should have been a day of college basketball games and a few cold beers. Instead, coronavirus stole it. Imagine explaining to a D-Day veteran that sports were canceled because of a virus. And then everybody pointed out a fucking D-Day veteran would probably be able to understand. And first of all, if you can find one that like is of the correct mental faculties and everything, but they remember that like fucking what, like a few years before World War II broke out was the goddamn oh no, a few I guess longer than that. But like the fucking 1918 outbreak. Like the DD veteran might be like, yeah, I get it, because my fucking brother died from the goddamn flu <laughs> in the last D Day outbreak. So anyway, oh, I mean, the nineteen eighteen outbreak. That tweet was so funny. <laughs> I cannot stop cracking. No, I love I love college basketball as much as anyone. It's it's tough for me, you know, because I you know I spent money going there and everything. But I mean, it was clearly the right decision. Like, <laughs> I walk into the arena and they're like, hey guys, we have you know enhanced. Um, sanitation for everything, and there's just a thing of Purell at the door. <laughs> for enhanced sanitation. They have things of Purell at the fucking mall. Is that enhanced sanitation? <laughs> just like, yeah. I don't really... Guys, that'll get us. You know, I'm sure everyone will sanitize their hands, and nothing will happen. You know, yeah. not to mention the the unlimited refill soda. Everyone walking up, and you know, <laughs> putting their cups that you know their mouths were on 30 seconds ago. You know. Yeah. Very sanitary. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, we're all stuck in our houses. Based, if you're a responsible human being, yeah. And in the United States of America, you should be prepared to, uh, you know, be stuck in your house for the next few weeks at least, maybe a month or more. But if you're irresponsible, I don't know if this, this dumb shit country is going to cancel everything. I mean, they cancel a lot, but like, like we said, the bars are still open in most yeah. cities. I, some cities are finally doing it. Like Hoboken, mm-hmm. I know, just did it over, which is like a city in New Jersey right across the, the yeah. river from New York City. So I, I assume New York is going to have to follow suit at some point because like it already looks like a disaster here. But I uh, will say, I mean, I put a lot more of the blame on, you know, governmental officials not closing the bars than you know the idiots going to the bar i mean like yeah. that's that's you know public safety is you know blame yeah. blame the, blame the government not the uh the poor single blame guy the idiot, blame the idiots too but they're pretty stupid <laughs> no they're incredibly stupid but still i mean don't give people that uh, opportunity i guess but yeah i mean uh, give them the opportunity to go you see big japan pro wrestling <laughs> <laughs> now the good news is it's a good transition is things in Japan, well, at the same time things in America look really bad, things in Japan look, you know, uh, I wouldn't say great, but they look like they, they've got it under control. It's hard to tell because if you look at these daily trackers, um, they're, they're not testing a ton of people like South yeah. Korea. It, it, they're testing a lot more than we are, by the way. 
but they've, you know, not like a ton of people per capita, but like their case number is not super high. More importantly, there's been like, there's been no explosion of deaths or anything like you see in Italy. And, you know, there's been like, um, which is crazy for a country that has such an it's very old, age very population. Old, yeah. Yeah. It's a very old country. So they, there's been no explosion of deaths. I think they're only up to like 22 last time I checked, which, you know, any amount of deaths is bad, but that's a lot less than Italy. Um, and there's been no run on the hospital beds either, as far as I can tell. And I, I read these articles a lot, you know, and like I've been tracking with Japan Times a lot, and I have friends over there I talk to. And, you know, it's nothing like, again, nothing like Italy. So I, it sounds like a lot of the promotions are going to try to come back next week. Um, you know, there's a lot of shows that are on the books that they are not canceling yet, and we're getting pretty close. Like the uh, the March 20th DDT Corican is still scheduled. Um, the March 21st. Oh, yeah, the March 23rd All Japan Corican is still on the schedule. The March 21st uh, Tokyo Joshi Show at Itabashi Green Hall is still on the schedule. Those DDT and Tokyo Joshi shows would be big because those would be like the first two, I guess you could say, corporate-owned shows to come yeah. back in front of in front of crowds. Um, Stardom has a March 24th Corican. They haven't said anything yet. And, you know, Kidani had like a kind of cryptic tweet, but like an optimistic tweet where he said like, you know, we've been stealing ourselves at, Bush, at Bushy Road and getting ready for the, you know, uh, getting our defenses ready. And I'd like to start our counterattack soon. So I think they're preparing like they're going to come back. Um, you know, I don't want to promise anything because, you know, I could, we're recording this on Sunday the 15th. Uh, I assume most of you will hear it either late Sunday or early Monday or even later on. You could be listening to this and be like, ah, John, they all canceled all that. I'm like, I'm giving you the information I have right now. If I had to pr- guess, actually, I, I don't think cancellation is even uh, one of the two most likely outcomes. I think if they can't run these shows in front of fans, they'll just run them empty arena because um, that's, that's what uh, Stardom did at Corican on March 8th. New Japan turned their Corican. I mean, they're all keeping the Corican dates, I assume, because you already had to spend the money probably. But New Japan just turned their Corican dates into those talk shows, like that Night Joe and mm-hmm. Hiromu talk show. And the Tanahashi and Ibushi one. So I assume they're going to keep these dates either way. Um, I think we'll know more when when Abe speaks and the the government panel speaks again. But right now, I kind of think Japanese wrestling is going to be able to come back. You know, even beyond the the types of promotions we're talking about today that never left us really. Um, so you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, I should say. And I think, I mean, unless things get really bad again in Japan, like you know, a ton of deaths and like the hospital beds are overrun, I think New Japan will probably be able to do Sakura Genesis on the thirty first. I'm sure that's their target. I'm sure they want to do it. So, you know, I guess we'll see. You know what I mean? And that I'm sure that they would do that, like just how they did King of Pro Wrestling after. I was getting confused. Was a tsunami or typhoon? One of the two. I don't even know <laughs> the difference. But yeah, it was well. One of them involves like a big wave, yeah, like, it's like a hurricane. I think it's typhoon. Yeah, yeah, hurricane is typhoon. I think. Yeah. So I think it was a typhoon. They didn't have the wave, thankfully. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they at, like how King of Pro Wrestling after the typhoon was like the big like, you know, Japan getting together to celebrate moving past it and at least like trying to rebuild. I think it'll, they want Sakura Genesis to be the same kind of thing in Sumo Hall. I mean, that's why that Okada Sonata match at King of Wrestling like one, one match of the yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah, in Tokyo Sports. Just because it was that. it was like this big moment to Japanese people of like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get past this. And I think they want they clearly they would love to come back at Sakura Genesis and do that again. 
you know, the question is, will they be allowed to? And, you know, that is a bigger show than running Corrigan. So if, you know, if things don't look great in two weeks from now, then I'm, I, you know, I'm sure they won't be able to do it. But, uh, you know, it's on the books right now. And I know, I'm sure they're whole, I, well, I know for a fact they want to do it. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, John, I heard I heard from a very trustworthy source that it's all going to go away on April 1st because everything's going to get hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't, the, the seasonality of this is a, it's an open question. And there are, you know, there definitely are uh, some scientists and doctors that seem more convinced than others that we're, there's going to be a, a seasonal aspect to it. But what people mm-hmm. I don't think understand is that probably means it's going to come back even worse in the winter. So, yeah. like, next, like, I don't know. It's not really, you know, it's like whichever way this goes, uh, you know, for, I mean, the, the, I, I don't want to sound too, look, I mean, look, it, it's no, it's no good to panic people either. I've read a ton about this virus. I've read, you know, I've been following a lot of people on Twitter, like, you know, doctors and scientists and stuff like that. And, you know, some of them, I mean, they'll tell you it's not, you know, it's not deadly to most people listening to this, but like, you know, we all have to do our part together because there are definitely people out there who it is extremely deadly to, you know, older people and people with, you know, underlying issues with their immune system. And the only way we can stop it from spreading is to work together and, you know, like they say, lower, what is it? Lower the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. And also like, I mean, this is a wrestling podcast, but it is true that generally it's mostly dangerous for people with underlying health problems or people that are older, but like perfectly healthy people can still be, you know, right. completely destroyed by it. By yeah, health. your chances are low, but that doesn't mean it's Yeah, it doesn't mean it's zero, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the work, but my job, you know, which has always been very... Uh, very reluctant to have people working from home, especially me and my role. It, I mean, the fact that my job is letting me work from home is just like, you know, I don't know. That's like one of those moments where it's like, ah, this is incredibly serious because otherwise, yeah. you know, my job would not be having me work from home. They they do not enjoy that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm bunkered down here. I'm assuming I'm going to be here for a while, you know, cancel plans to go to karaoke next week. I mean, you know, we all got to do our part, you know? John, I heard um, I heard you got a a free room in AC. You gonna take take him up on that no. offer? <laughs> no. <laughs> they they yeah they um so as a I guess you, I can tell that story sure or not as a low <laughs> level a very very low level table gambler. So people people don't know um, the the casinos and see I have to give backstory for this. It's why it's a long story because people don't know anything about gambling. If People who play slot machines and like electronic games, that's who the casinos want, right? Because both because they don't have to be helped by an actual person that has to be paid and because they lose their money, uh, you know, the, 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 the odds of losing their money are much greater at th- those games, right? The easiest way to explain it. Like a slot machine, your chances of winning are significantly worse than playing blackjack. Right, because so there's at least, you know, some control of the person. Yeah, and it's just a very low house edge game. It's like, if you play it correctly, it's like, I don't know, like 0.6% versus like 9% for a slot machine, which is a big difference. But yeah, so um, I am a very low level uh, table game player. Like when I go to Lang City, maybe once a year or Foxwoods once a year, you know, I'm playing like, I'm looking for the, I'm the person looking for the $5 craps table or the uh, $5 or $10 blackjack table. So usually the casinos do not give me anything. Like they will... You know, they'll be like, here's a weeknight room, basically, when no one else is here. We'll give you a free room on a Monday. 
But, you know, very occasionally, if I played a lot, which usually means I won a lot too, because it's the only way I can play for a long time, it, they'll give me like a Friday night room, maybe on my next trip. I got an email from the Tropicana Atlantic City being like, how would you like a free room on a Saturday night? And like in 10 years of playing, you know, extremely low level table games, I've never gotten a, a free Saturday night room. Those rooms they charge like $400 a night for normally. So like, yeah, that's where I'm like, ah, oh, they really have nobody gambling. If they're going all the way down the list to me <laughs> to try to offer me a free Saturday night room, it's like no one is coming to Atlantic City at this point. And think of all the, the trouble Atlantic City's been in. And they've never offered me a Saturday night room before, even with all these casinos going bankrupt and stuff. So, yeah, the coronavirus is uh, affecting everything and everybody. That's, uh, yeah. I guess, the moral of that story. Um, I, I don't remember what I was going to say. You totally got me off of whatever I was going <laughs> to say. Oh, what I was going to say was we're all trapped here with, uh, you know, we're all going to be like self isolating and social distancing and not going out as much and working from home. So the good news is I, I, the hopeful news is hopefully as things get, you know, very bad here in America and we all do our part and stay home more, you know, maybe Japanese wrestling will be coming back and, you know, will give us, you know, stuff to watch while we're all sitting at home. Uh, I think that's the hopeful, you know, if things look good in Japan and things don't look nearly as bad as they do here, um, I think that's, you know, something we're all hoping for is more Japanese wrestling to come back. Um, and it looks, you know, it looks, I would say, I'm, like I said, cautiously optimistic that we're going to have more stuff to watch. Now, oh, is big, American wrestling going to be no, in front no. of big crowds <laughs> for for a while? Uh, I think no. <laughs> I think we're going to see. I hope you enjoyed SmackDown from the Performance Center because I think you're going to get a lot of that for a while. <laughs> but, God, that looks so awkward. <laughs> It was really, really weird. I mean, there's really no other way. Like, I, I tweeted about it too, but like, whereas the Tokyo Joshi, like, dojo shows, if people didn't see that, made the entire point of it, like, the, the lack of a crowd. And they made, you know, they, they, they cut their promos into directly into the camera because that's where the people are. You know, they, they kind of like really worked around it. Whereas SmackDown, it was like the normal WWE stuff with people posing and cutting promos to empty chairs. And it was like, this is this is just your normal show in an empty arena. It doesn't really, doesn't really make sense. There was some stuff that made more sense. Like when Roman Reigns came out for that sit-down interview with Michael Cole, he actually behaved like a human being would behave in this situation in like an empty like he was very low-key. And he he does like I think his best promo work when he is very low key and just like talking. So, you know, he did a great job. I thought Roman was good, but like Roman, Bailey and, it's a dirty secret. Roman's always pretty good. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know how much of a secret it is. He's good. He's a good wrestler and a good promo when he's not doing like ridiculous lines. They still yeah. had to work in that, a ridiculous line in that promo where he said something like, uh, Oh God, what was it? Something about like, I am, I, I know I tweeted about something about his performances, but uh, anyway, so, like, Sasha and Bailey, though, are out there, like, basically cutting promos to nothing, basically. Like, and they were, like, cutting the normal promo to the empty chairs. So that, that was bad. But Rowan's promo was good. Other than the lines, like, uh, I have mastered the nuances of performance. 
which I'm like, okay, that, what? Was, definitely, what? that was definitely scripted for you. And he always, and Roman's one of those guys that has this look on his face when he knows a line is fucking stupid and he has to say it anyway. And he has that look on his face like, what the fuck am I even saying right now? So, uh, but other than that, it was a good promo. Yeah, John, um, speaking of American wrestling, are you ready for WrestleMania Riyadh? Uh, I'm very excited for WrestleMania Riyadh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. It would, be, it would rule if it did. But that would be just rumor. <laughs> the rumor I'm hearing is like June now. June. WrestleMania June, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which God knows if we'll even be able to come back in June at the rate this country's going. But uh, you know, whatever. Um. Anyway, so I just hope, I guess we, we talked a lot about the uh, coronavirus more than I expected to, honestly. So I just will end this little mini segment with uh, I re- sincerely hope everyone listening takes care of yourself, takes care of your loved ones. I hope this terrible disease does not affect any of you directly. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm i getting a little emotional. I love my listeners. I love you guys. Uh, I love you girls. I love you non-binary people. And you know, I really hope you guys get through this okay because, you know, it is very scary. And I, I really do appreciate that you listen to this stupid podcast every week. And, you know, I want nothing but the best for all of you. So I hope everybody gets through this okay. Um, it's a really tough transition. Right. But, uh, we should Big talk Japan pro wrestling. Big Japan pro wrestling. Uh, <laughs> March 3rd, Strong Climb Corican. Uh, first of all, Boy, does Corican look fucking empty with a, a, a announced 565 fans. Uh, I don't think they even had that many in there, honestly. It looked more like, I would guess, something like 400. But, you know, this is held. So this show aired on March 10th, which is what I'm talking about now. It aired on Samurai TV on March 10th. But, you know, if you think about March 3rd, that was, like, close to the peak of the outbreak in Japan, right? Like, that's where... Um, you know, New Japan is canceling all their shows. You know, this this was supposed to be the same day as the New Japan anniversary show that was going to have Naito and Hiromu as the main event. So, like, that's what we're talking about here. When New Japan just canceled a lot of shows, um, you know, everybody else is canceling. But I guess Big Japan really, uh, you know, they got to make that green. Got to keep the company open. So, uh, and they really want to start the strong climb, I guess. So that's what they got here. But yeah, it looked, it looked somehow more... I mean, th- this is a, a joke at the time, but it, somehow it looked more empty than the start of Empty Arena Corrigan. <laughs> I don't know. It was just like the lack of, I don't know, you're just not expecting a lack of people. Uh, so it opened with a fluorescent light tubes death match with, uh, and this this will probably take me longer to read the participants than we actually saw on Samurai TV, but it's Abdullah Kobayashi, Yuko Miyamoto, uh, Kenkura Hoshino, and Drew Parker beating Ryuji Ito, Masaya Takahashi, uh, Toshiyuki Sakuda and Yuki Ishikawa in 808, uh, a diving senton from Oshino on Ishikawa. Um, so it was very cleft. So it's tough for me to tell you anything about this one besides, you know, they broke a lot of light tubes over each other's heads. You know? <laughs> Any thoughts on this before I quickly move on? Yeah, no, not <laughs> if I could made tape for what, two, three minutes of it? Uh, yeah, most. Uh, there was also a dark match, by the way, which you didn't see any of, which was uh, Kazuki Hashimoto and Ellen Deman from OWE beating Tatsuhiko Yoshido and Kota Sekifuda in 714. Hashimoto with a Death Valley bomb on Sekifuda. So, match number two, also very clipped. Uh, this was 
Yasufumi Nakanoe, Yuya Aoki, and Akira Hayoto defeating Orka Udo, uh, Takuya Nomura, and Takuho Kato in 7-Eleven, uh, a reverse suplex hold by Hiyoto on Uto. Um, again, very clipped, but I did like the finish with Hiyoto, like, counting the double arm, um, you know, it was like, I guess, like, supposed to be double arm suplex. Oh, I see. Revert, that's what I mean by reverse suplex hold. He basically counted the double arm suplex into, like, this, like, sit-down cradle, which I love those kind of finishes where it's, like, just a counter straight into a cradle and you get the pin. That, I mean, that looks awesome. And I wish we had more finishes like that in modern wrestling, honestly. So I wanted to give a shout out to the finish here. Yeah, I really like Kato. Um, he had a good match. There was a Shinkiba show from Big Japan on February 27th that made tape um, with him against Yuji Okabayashi. And that was a really good showcase for him. So I wanted to shout that out here as well. Yeah. Uh, match number three, we got our first strong climb match of the night in the C block. With And by the way, this was the opening night of the quiet, of the. Uh, I almost said the opening night of the quiet storm. The opening night of the strong climb. So everybody winning here gets their first two points. Uh, quiet storm defeating Hideyoshi Kamatani in nine oh seven with the fifty centimeter arm lariats. Um, this was you know a fun little power battle. I so I will just say before we get into match by match, I was not quite as high on this show as I think some people were. I didn't think it was a, it, like I saw some takes after I, when I watched the show, I'm like, Oh, it was pretty decent. Not nothing really uh, that great. Just kind of a show. And then I saw some people saying the show was great. So clearly uh, a lot of people liked the show a lot more than I did. I don't know if you're one of them, actually, I guess I'm going to find out if we go here, but uh, it was a lot of like, you know, very standard matches to me. And this was, you know, a good little power battle that I enjoyed while it lasted, but I don't know if I'll ever think about it again. I won three stars on it. What did you think of this one? So I'm a little bit higher on it than you. I actually really enjoyed this. I almost skipped it, you know, at first. And I went back to see it. Um, Quiet Storm, I mean, modern Quiet Storm doesn't really do it for me at this point. Um, but he proved me wrong here, actually. So uh, really good match for me. I went at three and a half. It was, you know, a big uh, hossy battle with, you know, shoulder tackles. Um, the guys just wearing each other out. Uh, and it was good. And Quiet Storm, you know, kicks off his freelance career with what I thought was a really good match. Uh, match number four was Strong Climb Block A, Ryuchi Kawakami defeating T-Hawk from the Strong Hard slash OWE in 1254 with a Hurricane Driver. Uh, first of all, I, you know, a big part of podcasting is taking detailed and important notes while you watch and an important note I took here was that Kawakami is a big mood with his red jacket and attire and shades. I don't know what that that really stuck out to me while I was watching. <laughs> he looks so fucking cool, but also like a complete fucking dork at the same time. So I can relate. Uh, match was, I don't know, I didn't, this did not grab me. And this, I heard some rave reviews for this one, but I just thought it was kind of slow and dull. Uh, you know, it picked up finally around the 10 minute mark with a, Superplex off the top by T Hawk, and then a really hard hitting exchange. So that was good. And I, I you know, I, I basically just say a match that was mostly dull, but did get interject towards the end. There's something really wrong with it. So I could go slightly above average, but it's a two and three quarter star match to me. Yeah, this was a match I felt like I should have liked more because I really like both guys. 
Um, I know. I usually like. I usually love Kawagami. I yeah. just didn't. They didn't seem like they were into it. So yeah, exactly. It felt very paint by numbers. Like they were just going through the motions of a good match rather than you know actually having one. Um, back and forth. I enjoyed it. At the end of the day, like you said, it never really grabbed me. I went about three and a quarter, so a little bit higher than you. Uh, match number five, block C. Yuji Hino defeating Ryota Hama in 706 with an Avalanche style power bomb. Uh, this was good shit. This was my the first match of the night where I was like, woo, I'm really into it. Um, you know, only seven minutes long, but just it was Hino just struggling against the sheer girth of Hama. I mean, if you've seen a Hama match, you've, you know, you, you, you'll know what to expect. But, uh, you know, by the time he finally hit the turnbuckle powerbomb for the win, it really just feels like, uh, you know, he, he really overcame something here. Um, you know, he was coming off, he, I guess, on a spoiler for another show we're going to be talking about. He was just coming off losing the uh, 0-1 World Heavyweight title a couple of days earlier. So he bounced back here with a big one in the strong climb. But, yeah, I went three and a half stars. I really uh, enjoyed this match. Uh, I also went three and a half. A very fun power battle between these two. It's crazy how big Hama is that he makes Yuji Hino look small. Yeah. Um, but Hino's on kind of a tear right now. I thought he had you know, a really excellent start to the year um, with this match, the Okabayashi match, uh, the Sato match that we'll talk about. Um, there was a good tag in Zero One that was getting some hype. So, yeah, like you said, this was really fun, the, you know, Hino powering up uh, Hama to try and, you know, do all his moves on. It was a lot of fun, and I went three and a half, same as you. Uh, the next match, so I'm – I will this one I will, like, totally understand if I, if I underrated it. So for context here, I watched this show um, – oh, God, what, what night did the NBA – what did the NBA cancel this season? Wednesday night, right? Was it Wednesday Yeah, night? that was Wednesday night. Yeah, so I watched the show on Wednesday night, and like this match specifically, I watched like as the NBA canceled their season, and uh, Trump gave his insane, his, his completely insane speech that uh, tanked the markets and all that stuff. So like, I had a hard time focusing on this match <laughs> to be honest, because like uh, you know the world was burning at the time. But uh, you know, I still went three stars on it. I still had a baseline level of liking, especially like Jake playing the outsider heel. But, uh, you know, at one point he did a, this wacky little pose and went, huh, <laughs> but then immediately got dropped in the face. That was funny. But, yeah, I saw a lot of people higher on this than me, and, you know, I, I it may just been that I was – this match, I, I made sure I put a little note down that I was very distracted during this <laughs> match. And this was like the – like I had to keep pausing because, like, what the fuck is going on? So uh, there you go. I should have gone back and watched it again, but I didn't. So Yeah, I'm a little higher than you. I went three and a half stars. Um, Jake Lee is someone that I'm very high on. I used to be, I think I came on this show last year around this time and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going back and forth on Jake Lee. I feel like I change my opinion of him every day. And I'm never going to give up on Jake Lee. Yeah. I feel, people, you can come at, you can come at me all you want. I'm sticking with Jake. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm completely on the train now, um, which I think might be controversial. I think a lot of people see him as dead now. And this is like right when I'm getting on the train. Um, but I was in Japan for uh, his triple crown match against Kento, and I saw. Whoa, 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 whoa! We don't do that in this show. We don't go around saying we well, you know what we're talking about just because we're in Japan, okay, buddy? Okay, that's okay. Not the Omaka- that's not the Omakase. That's not the Omakase way. way. Well, I'm um, saying what I'm saying <laughs> is, you know, I I went and seeing him live. I think he gets a lot less credit than he deserves for his, you know, presence. 
his facial expressions, the way he plays with the crowd. Um, just that's what sold me on him was seeing him in person. Um, and also I think he's kind of been on a tear lately. I loved um, the Kento match. He's had quite a few tags uh, on All Japan house shows um, that were really great. He had the All Asia tag um, against Black Blitzer Ray and Amori um, a few weeks back, which was really good. And I'm really enjoying him right now. Uh, and this was another, you know, this wasn't great. I mean, it's Kizumi Kakuda, um, but I went three and a half. You know, a baseline, very good match. Um, something that I would say is worth watching. Uh, so yeah, Jake Lee uh, gets the stamp of approval from me, and uh, all you haters can come at me because he's great. Uh, speaking of a man who has a lot of haters, the semifinal, the strong climb block A, Daichi Hashimoto defeating <laughs> Yoshiki, Yoshiki Inamura from Pro Wrestling Noah in 1451 with a reverse STF. Uh, it's too bad Jack isn't on the show this week because, you know, he's like the last Daichi defender alive and he would have been able to take a victory lap here because Daichi, I mean, this match is great. I mean, this was a really good match. And, you know, I, I mean, look, granted, Inamura is like, I think, one of the best young wrestlers in all of wrestling today. So, you know, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. But, like, I don't know. I mean, Daichi, Daichi was good here. He just, the match is actually good. Um, you know, there were still like the there was still too much Daichi screaming. Uh, the way he screamed in rage and fury as Inamura tried to break his headlock was really funny and not you know not exactly I'm sure what he was going for. And the match was dull for a while, but you know for a little while. But it really picked up again when Daichi like started kicking him down. And you know at one point Inamura gives him like a pounce into the corner that looked like it fucking killed him, and then a, a shoulder tackle off the top. Uh, so that was like, you know, getting another highlight of the match for me. And then, you know, Daichi comes back with like this giant German suplex. Uh, so, you know, at this point I'm really not quite standing and pacing, but, uh, you know, definitely, definitely really into it. Um, you know, this was quote, you know, like I said, actually good. I would have gone the full four if it wasn't for the super dull head scissors portion, but as it was, I decided to go three and three quarters, a very good match here. A rare victory for the last remaining Daichi fans because uh, most of the shit I've seen him in in the past like year has not been good, but this was. So there you go. Same as you on this three and three quarters. Daichi was good. Um, I really like Daichi sometimes, and sometimes he's really bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I can't, I can't get it out of my head. That um. Ria Goku Tan match against Sato. Oh my god! He was just screaming. <laughs> I just I can't get over that. It. That was one of the worst like big match performances so I've ever seen. I mean, Ko- <laughs> Ko- poor Kohei Sato tried his best, and Daichi was like, "Motherfucker, we are having a terrible match, whether you like it or not." <laughs> so it was so bad. Um, but he's been a little bit better lately. I don't know if you happened to see. Um, the Okabayashi match um, from January second. Uh, I loved that match. I thought it was it was really great. Um, I think I saw it. Um, I feel like you were lower on it now that you say that. Yeah, but, I think I was. Uh, I think I was like. I don't think I was like three and a half or something. Yeah, I was like four and a quarter on it. Um, so I really liked it. I was three and three quarters on this. Like you said, a fun story of the outsider taking on the champion. Um, especially the young outsider, and you know, Daichi gave him a lot here, which I appreciated. Um. A lot of I mean, Daichi, Daichi's better when he gives his opponent a lot. Let's be real. I mean, Daichi's awesome. <laughs> That's true. 
I mean, yeah. he's not. He's. I'm still. I'm not ready to go out and declare him a great wrestler. So I'm sorry to Jack if he does have a look on this. But uh, but yeah, he was good here. So his, his selling is probably the best part of his game. But the problem yeah. is he also does like all that screaming, which is bad. So he should stop that immediately. Like, you know, yeah. well, stop screaming, buddy. You need to stop with the scream. <laughs> the main event: the BJW Tag Team Titles, Daisuke Sakimoto and Kohei Sato from Zero One defeating Yuji Okabayashi and Sugihiro Irie from, uh, I don't know, they, they don't, he's from Stronghearts. They don't list him as uh, OWE here. 1855, uh, Sakimoto used a German suplex hold on Okabayashi. It was their second defense. Uh, this was, I mean, look, if you close your eyes and imagine this match, it pretty much was what you would imagine, the big dude bomb fest. Um, you know, I my hot take, and this is a very probably a very hot take, is I think I like this slightly more than the more hyped big dude tag on the zero one show, even though I gave him the same rating. Uh, you know, Sekimoto and Okabayashi had just the kind of big screaming Larry exchange you'd expect. Uh, you know, it really like, you know, by the end of it, like, you know, they, they it, like I said, pretty much close your eyes. You can imagine the match. Um, and, you know, Sekimoto, I was a little bit surprised that Sekimoto pinned Okabayashi clean with the German suplex. Hole, but then I remembered that he's challenging uh, Daichi for the strong title. In tomorrow, actually, as most people are listening to this at the Yokohama show. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a really good match. I went four stars on it. Uh, you know, four stars flat. Definitely worth going out of your way to see. And I, like I said, I think I liked it better than the one zero one show that I think is a bit of a hot take. Yeah, no, it was it was an excellent match. That's uh, what I figured. There goes Siri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Siri figured it was a good match. I mean, you look at the people involved. <laughs> that was great timing. I have to say, like, Siri, excellent timing by Siri there. Yeah, no, so, it was a great match. I mean, I love all four guys. Uh, you know, it was great. Um, did I like it more than the Zero One match? Probably not. Um, but this one has not been getting as hyped, and I think it's probably right at that level. Um, yeah. I think it seems like you think it's slightly above. I probably think it's slightly below. Um, but nonetheless, I think it was, you know, a match that you need to drop everything and watch if you haven't. Um, the rest of the show is a lot of, you know, good to very good stuff. Um, or I guess mostly good stuff. I have most of the show in like the three and a quarter to three and a half range. But, you know, I thought this was great. I went four and a half stars on it. Um, and this is, you know, just adding to Yuji Okabayashi's wrestler of the year resume. I mean, he has been killing it in every promotion, you know, all around the around the country. And right now, I think he has to be one of the favorites for wrestler of the year because he is just, you know, killing it no matter where he goes. If it's zero one, if it's here, uh, I think I saw he was going to two AW to challenge. He's just going all over the place, um, yeah. doing whatever he can to rack up. Um, some big man. Can, can you imagine what that show is going to draw? By the way, two AW, two AW draws like everybody's drawing like five hundred at Corkin. Two AW <laughs> draws five hundred at Corkin when there is no virus outbreak. <laughs> I mean, that fucking show that they're actually apparently going to go through it on a uh, March twenty fifth, Grand Slam and Corkin. That's uh, I don't know about that. That's not going to draw. Two, I mean, if they announce more than two hundred, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, it's Shu Asakawa defending the two AW Openweight Title. Against Yuji Okabayashi is the main event. Yeah. Uh, Ayato, Ayato Yoshida and Take the Guy defending the uh, 3W Tag Tales against Kaji Tomato and no, Tom, Tomato. Why did I say Tomato? And Change You <laughs> is a Toriumon guy, I think. Is, isn't that who the fuck I'm thinking of? Could you know, be. Chango. Chango? 
Oh, I'm gonna look at that. I, feel like I, I, I called him Shane Joe. In my head, when I was like uh, following Toriumon, you know, as a as a uh, teenager and stuff, I, I would always read it as Shane Joe for some reason. But now <laughs> it's definitely Chango. But yeah, yeah. I, I believe this is the guy I'm thinking of. I believe he is a old Toriumon X guy. I'm just gonna double check Cage Match to be sure. But uh, and Cage Match confirms he is indeed a. Toriumon. Oh, actually, no, I don't think he was even Toriumon X. I think he came up through Toriumon Mexico after the uh, the whole Toriumon X split happened and then showed up in El Dorado. So, the famous El Dorado. <laughs> have you ever watched any El Dorado? I have not, no. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's the it's a good bad promotion. That's the best way I can put it. Like, everything they tried to do ever was completely cursed. But you know, and they fucked up constantly, but it, it had a charm to it that you can't take away from it. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, El Dorado alum, Chango, along with Kaji Tomato, or Tomato, whatever the fuck. Against Yoshida and Texas. Nobody's going to correct you. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's happening in 2AW. Let's quickly talk about the Big Japan card before we move on. Uh, so that's tomorrow, the Big Japan 25th anniversary Stardust Superstars in a uh, Yokohama Bunker Jam show is on. They've confirmed. They said they're running the show, so uh, <laughs> they're defying Abe and his uh, his quite his you know ten more days or whatever. But yeah, I don't know what they're going to draw in the middle of this. Uh, they're going to claim yeah. they drew twelve hundred, but yeah. they'll actually draw yeah. seven hundred. That's, yeah. that's my prediction. <laughs> uh, so this is a very deathmatch heavy show. It's weird that in the middle of the strong climb. Uh, there's no strong climb matches on this show, but and there's, yeah, a, there's gonna, a strong title match. There's a strong title match with no strong climb. Yeah. So it's uh, the main event is the death match heavyweight title, 316 fluorescent light tubes death match. Abdullah Kobayashi defending against Ryuji Ito. Which honestly, if you're going to do a 25th anniversary uh, main event, that that makes a lot of sense for those two guys to be there. Yeah. So uh, I have no idea who walks away with that. Maybe I think you put it on Ito. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like Abdullah, but he's been champion for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, the semi-main is the Big Japan World Strong Title, Daichi Hashimoto versus Daisuke Sekimoto. You'd have to think Sekimoto is going to end the fucking Daichi thing here because, you know, it's no. kind of been a disaster for their drawing and everything. Absolutely not. No, Sekimoto putting over <laughs> the young, valiant champion on his way out uh, to WWE. Okay. You think so? <laughs> I think that's more likely than people get. Oh, like, kind of, I feel like okay, everyone's well, assuming Sakamoto finally ends the Daichi reign, but I don't know. <laughs> this show airs live on Samurai, by the way, tomorrow. So yeah, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll already have made tape probably by the time a lot of you listen to this. Uh, we have a bunch more death matches, uh, a bunch of six man tags. Really, not a ton on this show, but because there's nothing going on in Japanese wrestling, that for sure, at least by the time of next week's show, we're still probably going to talk about it. So. <laughs> and also, um, I don't know if you have this pulled up, but on, let's see, the March 21st Strong Climb seems to be the only one that's confirmed to make tape um, yeah. right now. I'm sure some others will. March 20th, I know they were going to run a different show, and they, uh, and I think in Sendai, and they, they moved it to uh, Shinkiba, I assume, because the Sendai government did not want them running a show in the middle of this yeah. outbreak. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is yeah, like working, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll see I, what happens. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so this is um the show looks good. It's it's their Corkin main evented by Daichi against T Hawk. 
You also have Okabayashi against Hama, um, Yuya Aoki against Yasuhume Nakanue, um, Taishi Takazawa against Asami Kodaka, and Akira Hyoto against Ryuichi Kawakami. Yeah, that does sound pretty good. So I, I so, had it down to talk about. So let me see when it airs. I think it airs a few only a few days later. 28th is when it airs. Oh, so okay. a week later. So yeah. like a week later, yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely talk about that one, I'm sure. Uh, we'll get, you know, we'll get to it. One of the shows we were going to talk about in two weeks that took place today was the March 15th Russell One show at uh what the yeah, hell is what it called? Happened so, with that. Award, yeah. But so basically Gayora decided because Russell One is running these shows, and this might happen for the All Japan Cork on the 23rd too, Russell One is running these shows while there's like not supposed to be shows in front of crowds. We're not taping that air on our network. So I think it was just like a case like where they don't want to be seen defying the Japanese government, basically. Like, you know, it's one thing for Big Japan for wrestling to, or for Russell One, a company that's mm. going out of business anyway, to defy the Japanese government, but it's another thing for a, uh, you know, a major television network. I mean, maybe a Samurai TV has been taping and airing stuff, but, you know, I don't think people realize that Samurai TV is a much, like, Gayora is a general sports network. Yeah. I mean, they air a lot of stuff other than wrestling, where Samurai is just wrestling. So I just don't, I don't think Gayora wanted to, you know, I think Gayora just viewed it as, like, some of the news of the government, you know? So I think that's kind of what, uh, I think they didn't want to be seen doing that. So, also, you see they claim 1,200 fans or 1,400 fans or something like that. Like about, like, ten, look at there are like 10 people there. Yeah, exactly. It looked really bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we were going to talk about that when it was supposed to air on the 23rd uh, with TJ in a couple of weeks. But, you know, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Maybe it'll air somewhere, uh, Nico or YouTube or something. But I, I did see a cameraman on in some of the pictures. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other, the, the, all, they're, they are supposed to be taking an air in all Japan. March 23rd, Corkin, you know, who knows if they'll still be like, that's right on the border, I think of the government request. So I don't know if they're going to consider that, uh, you know, maybe it depends on what the, what the government, Japanese government says this week, but um, you know, if they, if they don't, if they refuse to tape and air it though, you would think it'd be okay anyway, because of all Japan TV. So, or TV, whereas obviously Russell one does not have a streaming service. So just kind of, that's what happened there. Um, but yeah, so the Big Japan show is coming up. Uh, we went, we talked about both the Big Japan shows coming up. They're, the strong climb apparently will be uh, all your uh, <laughs> all your puro needs. What, what no matter what else, what else is going on. Uh, before I move to the other show, uh, this is an ad week, Thomas. So, um, mm. if you were to guess on average how many people in the U.S. or how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor. What would you say, Thomas? You know, John, I feel like uh, it's somewhere between 28 and 30 days. <laughs> yes. Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a, con- a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. By the way, I think 29 days is going to go up, but uh, this is my guess. But yeah, that's where our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Uh, Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. So just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. 
You also get free unlimited follow-ups to your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. So with Roman, there are, of course, no commitments, and you can always cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash V-O-W for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash V-O-W, V-O-W for Voice of Wrestling, for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Uh, act today. <laughs> All right. Come on, what else are you going to be doing at this time? What yeah. else are you going to be doing? I mean, yeah, you got to... Got to be, you know, in working Keep busy, order. Yeah, all the all the time you're going to be spending by yourself. <laughs> you, and the, you and the you and the missus. We're not going to yeah, be yeah. uh, So let's go to zero one for wrestling. A company that I don't know if we've ever talked about on this podcast. Uh, it's possible we have never talked about them. I, I can't recall that. And, and not uh, only is zero one going to get Omakase time which is you know somewhat plausible we have so little wrestling zero one's gonna get like flagship time this week yeah no way I think watches way more zero one than i do like i think he watches like every goddamn show that makes tape anywhere and somehow uh you know he's still they never talk about the flagship i assume because rich never watches it yeah but uh but you yeah, know. yeah i mean they're not gonna have anything else to watch unless they want to watch raw from the fucking performance center and talk about that <laughs> I saw uh, Joe tweet out uh, his list of stuff to watch, and NXT UK was on there. I was like, <laughs> just just take a nap or something. Come on. <laughs> you don't got to do I this. He watches that anyway. So. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, look, they got to shut that down, too. I mean, look, the, the Europeans, they're going through enough. They don't need NXT UK as like a, a fucking, you know, kick in the dick when they're, when they're down. But uh, anyway. So zero one, their nineteenth anniversary show. You know what? I'm, I'm realizing I'm a liar. Anyway, I think we talked about the January first show, not this year, but the previous year, I think. But uh, previous year, we definitely have talked about it. Don't remember. Yeah, like twenty. What the, like what 20 that match was. Oh, that was uh, uh, Sato and Sakamoto. That was really good. Wasn't Wasn't that the year that Iwasaki won the title? I think 2019. The what? What did you say? Wasn't that the year that Iwasaki won the zero one title? The oh, wait, Iwasaki, maybe, yeah. but the, I remember the main event at least was Sato and Sakamoto. Oh, maybe you're right. Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna look this up now because I'm curious. I remember he won. Oh, no, he didn't win the title. That wouldn't have been the main event, anyways. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Was, yeah. Isn't there some young zero one wrestler who won the damn title? That guy yeah. who got injured. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. That was, I think, the year before. It okay. what's his name? It starts with a Y. That's gonna bother me yeah. now. Happy New Year, twenty eighteen. You're gonna hear lots of typing. On both so of much typing. Uh, What's his name? Yasuka Obata. Yeah, he's been like injured, right? Is yeah, he uh, he fainted, I think, at one point, like while he was on the top rope during a match, and like it was a very very scary situation. Yeah. He hasn't been so back. Since. So he won the title January first, twenty eighteen. You're right. Yep. So that might have been the last time we talked about it. Uh, but yeah, it looks like oh he left the company on March third, twenty nineteen. Oh. Yeah, he hasn't wrestled since that match where he um, collapsed. I guess uh, that's too bad. I I liked him. No, he was good. He was good. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've depressed ourselves, <laughs> yeah. else again, we always you uh, know we're done. We're talking about coronavirus, and now we're talking about you know a guy's career ending. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, but yeah, so let's see. We have. 
Zero One's 19th anniversary show. Um, this show took place, like I said, on March 1st from Corican. Uh, it, it drew, they, they announced a number of 682. I, I don't even know if that was, it probably was inflated, but I think they did draw better than Big Japan. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong, but I thought it felt it felt like there are more people there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so this is their this is the show where a couple a couple big things happen, which we'll talk about as we go. But the show opened with uh, Yuko Miyamoto defeating uh, Shoki Kitamura in nine fifty eight with a crab hold. Um, so this was, you know, the best way I could put this is uh you know, it basically like Yuko Miyamoto. If you don't know who he is, he's Izami Kodaka's partner from 666, who's one of those Japanese deathmatch guys who is like, for some reason, really good at straight wrestling. <laughs> so yeah. like, there's all these guys in Japan where, where like you watch them do regular matches and you're like, sir, why do you even like do this? Like, why do you even, like, why do you, uh, <laughs> like, why do you put yourself through uh, death matches like you're clearly good enough at regular wrestling to not need to do this, but for some reason he does. So mm. there you go. Uh, but yeah, this was a, a very solid opener. I thought this was really good actually. Uh, Starts with some solid mat wrestling, and we got to a really fun stretch run with a bunch of flash pins and such before Kitamura finally tapped to a Boston Crab. Uh, I went three and a half. I like I had a really good time with this. I went three flat. Kitamura is a guy I think that has a lot of potential. Um, Toe Iwasaki, who we'll talk about later, gets a lot of the hype um, for good reason. But I think Kitamura, uh, you know, he has a bright future as well. I mean, if I mean it's zero one, so the future can only get so bright. But uh, nonetheless, I like him a lot. And Miyamoto, um, he's had a pretty awesome start to the year. I think he had that Freedoms uh, match against Toru Sugiura, uh, if I recall correctly, and he had a, a very good match with Asami Kodaka against. Um, Koisato and Daisuke Sakamoto for the Big Japan Tag Titles. Um, you know, that team, Sakamoto and Sato, is having a pretty great run so far this year. We already talked about one of their matches earlier today. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, now, match number two. Now, here's where, if you watch this show, you probably you probably had no idea what was going on. And I will be honest, I didn't either, but I can explain after doing some research. So, match number two saw Taru, Chris Weiss, Yoshikazu, Yokoyama, and Raicho, who are the current iteration of the Voodoo Murders unit that's been like, that fucking unit has been somewhere, either all Japan or Zero One, since like 2005. Yeah. Like that thing has been going forever. But yeah, I mean, it goes away and it always comes back. It's like Im- impossible to kill or something. But they defeated Ikuda, Ikuda Hodaka, uh, Takiya Sugawara, Yasu Kubota, and Hide Kubota. Kubota, not Kubota, after a Death Valley bomb by Yokoyama against Kubota. Um, so I will admit it, I, again, first of all, I don't know a ton of wrestlers this match. Uh, you know, I know Taru, obviously, the Sleaze King. I know Ikuda Hodaka. He's been around for you know, basically forever. He's been one of the zero-one lifers. Uh, Sugawara, who, you know, is one of these wrestlers I like, despite knowing he's not very good. But, uh, you know, I've always liked him from his Toriyaman days. But the rest of these guys, I really don't know that well. I don't know if there's anyone else's match that you're you can give us background on, uh, Thomas. Who the fuck are the Kubota brothers, for instance? The Kubota brothers. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you not sure. Um, I do know they had a match 
against Chris Weiss and Taru um, on the January 1st 0-1 Corkin, which was really fucking bad. And that's all I can tell you. <laughs> so it looks like they st- – oh, wow, they're D- they started with DDT? That's something. Looks like they started all the way back in 2008, yeah, with DDT. That's really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just looking through their careers. They're basically just indie these guys. Like, it looks like they've been yeah. basically everywhere. Um, but, yeah. But then, anyway, so, like, as far as the this match, like the end of this match goes, so the referee here was a guy by the name of Matazo Mimata, who's a – so when I looked this guy, I had no idea who this guy was, but even though I kind of – I recognized his face, I'm like, where the hell do I know this guy from? He's like a Japanese comedian, an actor who used to be a high school amateur wrestler. So he's been like a, a pro wrestling and combat sport host. Uh, he was a color commentator for everything from shoot boxing to WWE tours and, you know, finally pro wrestling zero one. And he made his wrestling debut in 2018 against Taru in an electric current blast death match. So, um, you know, I assume that was probably a big deal. I mean, this guy has been in a lot of like TV dramas and movies and stuff, uh, you know, with one name that I can throw out there that like, uh, you know, weeaboos listening to this will probably know is he was in the live action adaptation of a uh, great teacher Onizuka, which is like a kind of famous anime from the mid I mean, to late nineties. But yeah, I mean, he's been around, you know, a, a long time as like a, uh, you know, a celebrity and comedian. So he was the referee here. He was apparently now the general manager of zero one. That's how he's listed. And he turned on, <laughs> he turned on the baby faces like he tossed powder in one of the Kubota brothers' eyes when they were on the top rope, which led directly to the finish. And then afterwards, he he basically put on the, the white jacket from the Voodoo Murders and joined the Voodoo Murders. So I guess Zero One now has an evil general manager. Uh, this comedian is like a heel general manager now. And you know, he came out at the end of the night. We'll talk about it. We made a match at the end of the night for uh, – the for a title shot for the the, the foreigner in the group Chris Feist. but yeah, apparently he's the newest member of Voodoo Murders. So, you know, him, I, I was just saying the other day if there's one thing that I miss, um, since I stopped watching WWE, is I need more <laughs> heel authority figures in my wrestling. <laughs> well, there you go. Zero one, zero one, <laughs> you missed it. They gave it to you, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, this entire match, like, you know, it was a very indie-rific sleeves battle. I don't, I didn't even bother giving a star rating. I mean, it's not like I disliked oh, watching it, but what'd you say, sorry? I just said, no, you can't give us a star rating. Yeah, it just kind of was a thing that happened. Yeah. I did want to explain, I did want to explain that uh, that thing with the in match two in case you're, you watched this show also and had no fucking clue what was going on. Like I said, I did not have any clue what was going on either until I, you know, watched a little more of it and, uh, you know, and then, you know, did some research online and stuff. So, uh, match number three was a Shuji Kondo from Russell One defeating Sugi in 1022 with the King Kong Lariat. Uh, you know, Kondo, this was a fun sprint. I enjoyed it. Uh, I saw a lot of people really going very high in this match. I, I, I was not at that level. I went like three and a quarter. But, you know, I thought it was a good match. I don't know. You're one of the people who was, like, really high on this, Thomas? No, I went to three and a quarter as well. I think I'm always in this camp on Sugi matches is I see some people raving about it, and I watched. I was like, yeah, that was good. You know, that was three and a quarter. That was three and a half, you know. Um, so, I mean, I don't dislike him. It's just I feel like he does get – he's so – he's he's fallen to the category that he's, like, 
people think he's so underrated that he's overrated now um, in a lot of circles. And they're like, hey, look at this underrated guy, Suki. And I think it's like overplayed to the point where he's now overrated. Um, that's just me at least. But I thought it was a good match. I just, you know, I, I saw the same people probably going pretty high. And I was like, yeah, it was good. Um, but it wasn't anything special. Uh, match number four was the tag match with Towa Iwasaki and Sugitaka Sato defeating Shinjiro Otani and Tatsuhiro Takaiwa in 1551 uh, in Iwasaki back up, backdrop hold against Takaiwa. Um, so this was the match that stunned me because, like, the top two, the two main events, and even that Kondo Suki match were getting hype and, like, the VOW Slack, and I guess it was about the only place I saw anything getting hype from the show. But, uh, you know, they were getting a lot of hype. This was not getting hype, but this may have been, like, I think this was my second favorite match of the show. I mean, this is a really awesome yeah. match. Um, you know, there's, like, this strike exchange early on where grumpy old man Otani just straight, straight up punches Iwasaki in the face. That was awesome. Uh, you know, Takaira then doesn't go any easier on him either. He's like, he got the forearms and the short arm lariats going. Um, you know, he's, they're just beating the shit out of these two. Um, you know, then like at one point, Otani, you know, starts doing the boot scrape. And if you judge it based on the crowd reaction, this fucking boot scrape compared to anything else in the show, apparently every single person in attendance risked getting an infectious disease just to see Shinjiro Otani do this boot scrape. I mean, did you hear the crowd when he was doing that? It was just incredible. So, uh, you know, they they loved them some boot scraping when Otani was doing that. Um, yeah, this the two old... I mean, the entire match was just basically like two old men going on a mission of ass-beating. Uh, Takaiwa at one point did like this ridiculous sit-out Michinoku driver that looks like, looks like it could have broken Iwasaki's neck. And he did like a short arm where it only got two. Uh, Otani followed up with like a missile dropkick off the top, you know, the famous Otani missile dropkick, and then we got the Death Valley driver from Takaiwa, but Iwasaki, Iwasaki kicked out again, uh, and then Iwasaki and Sato finally got somewhere by double-teaming Takaiwa, and they did a really quick double-teaming of Lariats and a backdrop hold, and that was the pin. I mean, it almost felt like a fluke win for the younger guys. Like, they got almost squashed for most of this match, but I think it kind of worked for, like, what they were trying to tell here, where, like, you know, they... You know, the younger guys, they survived more than anything. Like, these two old men were just almost on another level, but they just happened. They, they kicked out of everything, and then they, they caught Sakaiwa, you know, when they had a chance to double-team him, and they just put him put him away as quickly as they could. And they were trying to, like, storm the ring. It looks all angry. So I thought the finish was really cool for what they were going for. And, you know, it's not the kind of thing you see often where, like, two guys are just getting killed, and then out of nowhere they just, you know, they happen to get the – the exact right moment, the double teaming and everything. So, yeah, I like this match a lot. I went four stars flat on it. Uh, I thought it was really great. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that you liked it so much because I also loved it. I went four stars as well. Um, I was talking to Robin Reed in our Slack, who was, excuse me, um, who was asking, you know, what was to watch from the show. And I was like, yeah, I mean, the top two matches were both very good. And I, I also really enjoyed uh, the tag third from the top, but, you know, Who's to say I'm always pretty high on Toe Iwasaki matches? You know, he's kind of my guy right now. Um, so I'm glad to hear that, you know, you really enjoyed it as well. Because, like, I loved this. Uh, it was great. I mean, Iwasaki is someone that I've had my eyes on for a while now um, as a really underrated guy on the pure scene. Uh, and he's just, you know, match after match, I think he never fails to put in a really great performance. And this was no exception. Um, he was out doing his Kazuchika Okada cosplay here um, with his, his shorts. Um, it was just really good. Like you said. 
Um, good comeback from, you know, just being drubbed the entire match. Uh, and I loved it. I mean, but it, but it was like they were drubbed in an entertaining way. What I mean, right, exactly. It wasn't it was like, really a, yeah, like they were showing fire the whole time. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like a squash squash. I mean, yeah. but yeah. And, you know, after the match, I think we're going to get um, the, a group of the three young guys um, between Yusaki, yeah, so Sato, and Kitamura, and they're going to be called New Spirits. That's too good, so. Taka Sato, not Kohei Sato, we should say. Oh, yeah. T- yeah, right. T- t- the guy in this match. The guy in the match, plus the guy from the opener, Shoki Kitamura. Yeah. They're going to be called New Spirits, which is, uh, yeah. you know. Cool. I yeah. think all three of them are pretty good. I hadn't seen Sato too much. I I think he was the like guy that left Wrestle 1 to try and get a spot in WWE last year, if you remember that story. And everyone was like, hey, buddy, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, you're in zero one. I mean, Wrestle One. I mean, you got out of Wrestle One at least, yeah. Match number five, the semifinal: Masato Tanaka and Takashi Sugera from Noah uh, versus Daiki Sekimoto and Yuji Okabayashi, the Strong BJ team. It goes to a 30 minute time limit draw. Um, you know, this again, another one where you could cl- kind of probably close your eyes and pick the exact match they had. Uh, there was a lot of testing of strength early on, you know, which I'm sure uh, doesn't surprise anybody. Um, you know, a note, I definitely want to make a note of Okabayashi doing an avalanche-style power slam on Sugera, which is, like, not a move you see very often, I feel like. It just looked very cool. Uh, you know, like, the front power slam, like the, the old British Bulldog style, you know, where he just, like, puts him down. That was really cool. Um you know, everybody just dropped everybody else on their heads with the German suplexes as we hit the closing stretch. And we got the 30-minute time limit just as Tanaka had Okabayashi pinned with the sliding D. They timed it really well because like, it was 1-2 and then the bell for the 30-minute draw. So, uh, you know, I I don't know if that was because it, it wasn't a shoot 30 minutes or not. But if it was, that was very well timed. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only complaint I would have, I guess, of the 30 minute time would draw is that was a very obvious finish in general. And, you know, I was not spoiled going in, but like once it started going even, you know, like past 20, I kind of figured that's where we we're heading. And, you know, would have been nice if someone could have just taken a pin, but I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of over these 30 minute time draws on this type of show, but like, you know, it wasn't like it was egregious or anything. It just felt very like, okay, I think we're going to the draw. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this is a really good match. That I enjoyed a ton. You know, I went four stars flat on it, but, you know, apparently that makes me one of the lower people. You mm-hmm. know, I see, I mentioned Rob Reed. I know he went four and a half, and he's usually a very tough star raider. So, uh, you know, he's from the from the Res Round table, Rob Reed. But, yeah, I mean, I thought this was an excellent match, but, uh, you know, four stars flat for me, not four and a half. Now, can I ask you, were you spoiled on this? No, I, I just said I wasn't spoiled. Okay. I think this was maybe the type of match where being spoiled – Perhaps actually could have helped, you know, some people uh, because yeah, you know you kind of have you're in the headspace. You're like, okay, I know this is going thirty minutes. Whereas if you if you know but don't know, it's like the okay, you know, let's get to the the closing stretch. Versus otherwise, you can kind of just sit back and relax for what it is. Um, and it was like you said. I mean, this was a quick paced, hard hitting, you know, lots of throws, lots of suplexes. I mean, I absolutely love this. I want four and a half stars. Um, tremendous stuff. I think all four guys are probably top 20 wrestlers in the world so far this year um you know tanaka doing his stuff in ddt you know sugiora doing his stuff and noah i mean just four guys you know that are fire on all cylinders right now 
Um, the finish was inevitable, even if you weren't spoiled. Um, but nonetheless, I'm not sick of these 30-minute draws yet, and I think we've had some good ones this year already. Um, I think Seedling had a draw with Yoshiko and Nakajima, I want to say. And then we've gotten, you know, the uh, Ayato Yoshida, Nao, and Nomura draw. Um, you know, lots of draws, you know, throughout the wrestling world. The Suzuki versus Katsuki Nakajima draw. Um, so quite a few draws, and I can understand being sick of them already because it's not we're not even three months into the year. We've already had all the ones that I named. Um, yeah. But still, um, I enjoyed it for what it was. So I want to mention, before you get into the main event, uh, to, to, to give you an example of how fast shit is moving with the coronavirus right now, at the beginning of the show, we lamented, I think, like how we're not doing those full European-style shutdowns here. And as we're recording, they announced they're closing all bars and restaurants in Ohio and Illinois. So uh, there you go. I mean, this is this stuff is moving very quickly. It wouldn't surprise me if like New York City is going to be next. But uh, I mean, you can still get carryout apparently and delivery, but they're barring all dine-in restaurants and bars and stuff. Wow, so, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think it looks like from I don't know if, the, if it says the date. I think until March 31st, so that'll be like two weeks. But yeah, Ohio has been one of the more aggressive places. Yeah, I think they they think they have a lot is the, is the issue. But yeah, yeah, to jump in. I mean, not that I really want to get back to coronavirus, but I just yeah. want to mention that like some of the stuff we talked about at the start of the episode is already a little out of date, which is just crazy how fast this stuff is moving. <laughs> uh, the main event is for the zero one world heavyweight title. Yuji Hino again defending against Kohei Sato unsuccessfully. Uh, Sato beating him in nineteen nineteen with a German suplex hold. So Hino failed in his fifth defense. Wow, I didn't realize he'd been champion that long. And Sato became yeah. the 26th champion. Um, I, this is Sato's sixth time with the title. So, I mean, he's only been 26 reigns since this title um, was founded, which was the, uh, you know, is Masato Tanaka winning the AWA, the fake AWA world title back in 2007. It still says AWA to this day, which is kind of always funny to me. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, like he, so Sato was the seventh reign. He won it in April 2010. Uh, then he won it again November 2011, so he was the 12th reign. Then he won it again in uh, in March 2014, 16th reign. And the, all these reigns, by the way, were not that long, but then he would have two really long ones back-to-back. Uh, September 2014, the 18th reign, he held it for 408 days. He lost it to Hideki Suzuki in November 2015. He beat Suzuki for it in March 2016 and held it again for another year, 364 days and lost it to Masao Tanaka in March 2017. And he hasn't held it since uh, March, for almost exactly three years. So when, uh, you know, after he lost it in March 2017, now he wins it back three years later. So it's sixth reign, but he has not been champion in a few years at least. So, you know, I mean, you'd have to call him the ace of the company. So, I mean, you know, it's never a big surprise, I guess, when he wins it. But uh, there you go. Um. As far yeah. as the match itself, it was an excellent match. I mean, yeah. exactly what you would expect. The, another big, big, big boy battle. Uh, you know, Hino at one point gives Sato this ridiculously stiff short arm lariat and then just gives the double bird to the entire crowd, which is like one of those awesome Yuji Hino moments. Uh, but then Sato gets his revenge with a headbutt so stiff, it immediately gives yeah. Hino this enormous cut, like blood pouring down awesome. his head. Looked nasty as hell. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, then he gets he gets a few more headbutts. He gives him a power driver, only gets two. And then the finish of this, I thought, fucking rule. Where Hino gets up, he puts his arm behind his back and just tries to do the big pure tough guy thing. Yeah. Where he staggers over, but he's so out of it, he can't even really do it correctly. So he groggily staggers over, keeps asking more headbutts. But instead, after like I think Sadak gives like one or two more, but then he just goes behind him, grabs him the German, and just kills him for the pin. So I went four and a quarter on this. I thought this was awesome. Uh, the best match in either show. Um, you know, just super, super step as you'd expect for these two. Um, and just a very nasty match. And, you know, with a, a finish that was one of my favorites the entire year. So, yeah, I went four and a quarter as well. The finish was just awesome. And, you know, the yeah. blood dripping down Hino's face as he did that too uh, was just like such a cool visual. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hino's reign. How long did you say he held it for? Like, yeah, I mean, a while, like six months, I think. Um, uh, let me see, actually. He know won it. Oh, yeah, he, he packed a lot of fences into a short time. Yeah, he won it yeah. September 2019. So, and I feel like half of these defenses didn't make tape. You see, Chris yeah. Vice, Shogun, Okamoto, Gaina. I didn't see any of those if they did make tape, but the Okabayashi defense was, was excellent. I don't know if you saw that. Um, and then this was was very good as well in a, in a losing effort. Um, so yeah, just a, uh, a really fun show and a great main event to cap it off. Yeah, I think this, this, was, this show, this entire show, top yeah. defense was awesome. One of the I better mean, shows like, I've seen from a you know smaller company this year. Yeah, I mean, like, there's really nothing on the show I would call bad. Um, if you want to call it match too bad, I guess I wouldn't stop you. But like, even that, I think had its charm. And the other five matches were all like very good. You know, yeah. good to very good at least. And like if three top three matches, four stars, four stars, four and a quarter. I mean, that's a that's an excellent show. Mm-hmm. So it's only yeah. a six match show to be with. The zero one Corkins never fell to deliver for me, at least. I feel like there's yeah. always some good stuff on it. And it's a style that I really like, you know, generally speaking. So Yeah. I mean it's a company I always have to remind myself to watch, but whenever I do, I always like oh I almost always love it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the problem is, of course, they don't make tape enough, but, you know, as it's long as they make tape, it's really good. Um, but yeah, so that will, the, the show ended basically with, so the Voodoo Motors come out, including the, the new actor guy, the GM, who's like on a, he's like on a bullhorn, which is kind of funny, like speaking to the bullhorn. And, you know, oh, excuse me, <laughs> he announces that um, the next title shot is going to be that Chris Weiss guy who, you know, I, I don't know where the hell he came from. Where did Chris Weiss come from? Is he like an Australian dude again? Or Chris Weiss? I mean, I have yeah. no idea. Um, fuck is, what the hell is a Chris Weiss? Probably it's American, like, no. if I had to guess. So. No, he's Australian. Yeah. You're right. Uh, there you go. Well, you got it. Those fights are cheaper, man. He's 35. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, Chris Weiss will get the next title shot. Um, Hart, they were like all attacking Hino and, you know, attacking. Uh, Sato, but then Hartley Jackson returned. Hart- fresh from his, uh, sorry, I just said Hartley Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> fresh from his WWE run, and uh, you know they he got a great reception. So clearly the zero one hardcore is there. Remember him, you know it's been a while. Yeah, but yeah, he ran off. Uh, he helped run off the the various uh, heels here. They played the video announcing that the twentieth anniversary show in March twenty twenty one. Just like the tenth anniversary show, ten years in twenty eleven, will be in Sumo Hall. So zero one, 
trying to run sumo hall for the first time in 10 years so best of all i can say that is gambate <laughs> it's gonna be a disaster but um <laughs> you know gambate luck. yeah i'm sure it'll be an, an excellent show because they'll bring in guys like sugira and sakamoto and okabayashi like they did for this show you'd, you'd have to think they're going to bring in some very high profile outsiders but you know i i'm not confident when you're drawing 600 to corkin I'm not confident for how you're going to do, you know, yeah. at Sumo Hall. There you go. Um, but that's that's it, I guess. So, you know, that's both shows. We talked a lot longer than I thought we would anyway, but uh, I guess partly a lot of that was like coronavirus stuff. So, uh, you know, look, I'm, I, it's going to be a topic, I guess, as long as yeah. this goes on. I mean, it's, most of the people listening to this are in the Western world and, you know, it's going to be a t- you know, we didn't mention Europe, but Europe is, you know, going through it too. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to be here, like I said, throughout the entire thing. And, you know, as long as it's last and hope it's still a big topic in Japan. I mean, the, most of the Japanese companies have not actually come back yet, even though, you know, I'm optimistic, but, uh, you know, we'll see. All right, mm. go ahead and, uh, give me your plugs here, Thomas. What do you want to plug? Uh, nothing much. Follow me on Twitter at wrestling ratings. Um, it's all good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to plug. Um, yeah, everyone, I mean, I guess I'll plug, don't fucking go to crowded bars. <laughs> Please stop going to crowded bars. <laughs> if they're, if they're even still open in your area, which they might not be for much longer. <laughs> Please stop for at least like two weeks. Can you do that, please? Yeah. Like, I love alcohol. I went and bought a bottle. Yes. Uh, a bottle of rum to get me through this, you know, two weeks. Not that I'm hitting the bottle all the time either, but like, you know, I like to have the option to have a drink, but they sell alcohol. You can take it to your house and drink it. It's not, it's not like you yeah. can't get alcohol. So, uh, you know, anyway. Um, so next week, folks, I have to find a guest. Uh, Thomas, do you want to come on again? <laughs> because I mean, hey, it depends what we're talking about. Let's see. Uh, but yeah, What's I mean, pitch? definitely the pitch. Pitch Big Japan, March sixteenth, mm. Yokohama. Uh, we'll talk judgment if it happens, March twentieth. You know, color me intrigued. Uh, we'll talk off air, I guess. We'll talk off air. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean, like, know, we got to sign the big contract. You know, give me a cut of the uh, the dick. Well, you're pills. gonna get don't. You're gonna get a cut of the dick. Look, first of all, I have to say, I, I don't even know what we're making for those ads. So that, that's true. I have not been, I'm, I'm sure voice is going to take care of us, but uh, I don't know what I'm making yet for these ads. So as soon as I find, as soon as I find out what I'm making, and uh, I'm going to definitely put together a split for all the shows involving ads. So definitely, there I want to say that on, on the record for, <laughs> for the listeners, uh, this is a socialist podcast. The, the means of production will get will spread among the workers. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so but yeah, Joe Lanza's I mean, got to take his taste first, though. Come on, huh? I said Joe Lanza's got to take his taste first. <laughs> you got to take his taste. But yeah, March. Uh, anyway, so next week. Next week is not an ad episode, though, so you wouldn't get paid for that one. Ah, uh, never mind. I don't get paid for that one either. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, we'll next talk. week we're going to have March. We're definitely going to talk about the March 16th Yokohama show, unless it somehow gets canceled in the next 10, 10 hours when yeah. plays. But uh, Mar- uh, you know, assuming the March 20th Judgment Corkin happens, you know, that's a big show. That's that uh, great. 
So it's Masajanak against Konosuke Takashida for the KOD Openweight title as the main event. Uh, Chris Brooks defending the Universal title against Daisuke Sasaki, semi-main. Uh, Naomichi Marafuji, Hiroshima, and Yuki Ureno against Akito, Yuki Ino, and Royce Chambers, the big-hyped uh, prospect from Australia, right? Australia? Yep, Australia. Uh, match, I can never keep Australia and New Zealand apart. I'm sorry. Same difference. Um, you know, match number four, the Iron Man heavy, heavy metalweight title battle royal. And I, I'm going to go through all these matches, I guess, even though the show may or may not happen. Uh, Toro Washington, Tansho Godino, Masu Takanashi, Antonio Honda, Kazuki Hirata, Mizuki Watase, Yuki Onayo, and Hiroshi Yamato. Uh, the Business Alliance of Tetsuya Endo, T-Hawk, and Nobuhiro Shimatani taking on Eruption, Kasusada Higuchi, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Saki Akai. Shima, Shoma Takao, Mad Polly, and Linda Man speaking the Business Alliance against Shinya Aoki, Mao, Mike Bailey, and Makoto, Makoto Oishi. And the main event, the official debut for the young boy, Hideki Okoya. Uh, he's teaming up with Shima Katsumata against Naomi Yoshimura and Keigo Nakamura. So that card does look awesome. I hope it happens. Even, even if they have to switch to Empty Arena, I hope it happens. So yeah. if it does happen, uh, it'll be airing on DT Universe and on Samurai TV. And we will definitely talk about it next week on Omakase. And I will definitely be happy to talk about some DDT for the first time. Uh, well, no, we talked about it last week. What the fuck am I talking about? Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about that JoJo show. But yeah, I hope that card happens in some form. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, maybe Thomas will be back. Maybe not. We'll find out. Somebody will be out. I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. But uh, yeah. you know, I can't really plan long term. You don't even know what shows you're going to talk about yeah, exactly. week to week. But uh there you go. Thank you as always for listening, folks. You can follow us on Twitter at Russell Omakase. Wrestling would not fit. Uh, like I said, we are going to be here each and every week, as far as I can tell. I ain't going nowhere, so you know I'm not. I will barely be leaving my house for the next uh, few weeks. So you don't got to worry about uh, the Good show time. going anywhere. This would be a perfect so. time to like you know for Japanese wrestling to pick up. Yeah, so I hope it does. Yeah, you know we talked about it at this start. You know, uh, there you go. All right, folks, like I said, thank you as always for listening, and we will see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.